The following message is brought to you by the CD ministry of Rancho Baptist Church. This message by Pastor Matt Shia was recorded during our regular morning worship service. Pastor Matt is the senior pastor here at Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and we have a very special presentation today by guest speaker Matt Davis, who is going to celebrate a Jewish Seder and demonstrating Christ in the Passover. Let's join Matt now for the details. My name is Matt, and uh, like he said, I'm, I'm children's pastor at Calvary Church Santa Ana, and uh, it's kind of funny that you'd have a, a children's pastor here to talk about Passover. I'll get into a little bit of that, but uh, I, I uh, actually, yeah, I, was, I worked at the same church as your Pastor Matt and Pastor Shane, and uh, so I, I know all about Matt, and so just to disarm you, I'm not going to break dance here, I'm not going to call anybody. Uh, you're lucky I can't do any of that, so uh, I'm lucky that I can't do any of that, I'd probably hurt myself. Uh, so it's, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be here uh, with you this morning. Uh, in, in addition to being a children's pastor at Calvary Church, uh, just so you know my background and, and why uh, I'm here to talk about Passover, of all things, uh, my background is I, I, I'm Jewish. Both of my parents are Jewish and uh, grew up. Uh, my, my first church was actually a little church called uh, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and uh, grew up there. And actually got my first spanking in the nursery. There was kind of a funny thing. They, I was a really bad kid, and uh, my my uh, the the guy who was in there uh, just said, "I'm sorry, we couldn't do anything else. We had to spank him." These days we don't do that in children's ministry. Otherwise we get lots of trouble, right? Uh, but those days it was all right. So my my parents said, "No problem. Whatever you need to do, it's okay." Uh, and and out of that that church there was a, a group uh, called the Hebrew Christian Fellowship. And uh, after about two or three years, uh, it grew up to be about 200 people. And uh, that group asked uh, Chuck Smith if they could move off campus and plant, and my dad was part of planting, uh, one of the first Messianic Jewish congregations uh, in Southern California. It was planted in Irvine, California. That's pretty much where I grew up, uh, in, in a Messianic uh, Jewish congregation, which is basically a place where, where and, and I, I consider myself a Messianic Jew, uh, so basically, I'm, I'm a Jew who loves and believes in, in Jesus Christ. We call him Yeshua HaMashiach. And uh, so that, that is kind of where I grew up and then got reconnected uh, with the church and uh, went to Biola University. And about 12 years ago, I was part of another church plant, a Messianic congregation in Irvine. It's called Shuva Yisrael. Say Shuva Yisrael. Perfect. You guys are going to get a lot of Hebrew today. You just said uh, the first two words in Hebrew from uh, Hosea 14, 1 and 2, which just says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. And that is the purpose of that congregation. We are calling Israel back to the Lord their God. And they are, unfortunately, my people, the Jewish people, are lost. And uh, they, they, don't know, uh, they don't know who their Lord is. And they don't know who their salvation is. So that is the purpose of our, our congregation. So we reach out. Um, even this morning is one of about 20 Passovers that I'll be a part of, Seders, over the next month. And uh, actually did uh, one a couple nights ago. And uh, so it, this is a great opportunity. And what's really important for us as believers, as Christians, is, is to think about how Jesus Christ is part of, of this Passover celebration. So we're, we're going to actually look at that. And so we have, we have Messiah uh, in the Passover. Uh, just... Just about uh, a week ago today, I actually just got back this week uh, from a trip to Israel, led a, a tour there. And uh, so a week ago today, last Sunday, I stood on the Mount of Olives. Isn't that, it was just amazing. It's, it's my uh, fifth time there. And we got to lead. It was 
freezing cold, windy. Uh, but we stood there and uh, we, we got to look out at, uh, at, at Jerusalem. We got to see the Eastern Gate. And you turn around behind you, uh, a couple little towns, Bethany, Bethpage, where Jesus told uh, his disciples, you'll find a, a donkey there. And they brought it in. And then we actually got to walk down the road. It's paved now, but it was dirt at the time. Same road that Jesus walked in in his tri- triumphal entry. And uh, there's actually a, a little Arab guy there who has a donkey there. And for like three bucks, you can ride it down there. <laughs> any, any chance they can to get a little money. You can actually go to the, the fields in Bethlehem and hold a sheep for another buck. So, you know, everywhere you get postcards is, is really funny. But uh, get to stand there at that spot and, and look. Um, and so today, uh, today is Palm Sunday. And, and this is the day where we remember that Jesus did. He walked, he walked in, actually rode in, into Jerusalem. Uh, on, on a donkey, and the crowds praised him, and they, they said, you are God, Hosanna, save us, and they thought this was the coming of the kingdom, and we know just a few days later, we'll uh, be observing uh, on Friday is, is Good Friday, and that was the day that Jesus died, and uh, we have a saying here in Christianity, we say, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, and a week from today, we'll actually be celebrating uh, the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, and Last Tuesday, I was there at a place called the Garden Tomb, and you walk in, and, and just to update you, the tomb is still empty, uh, and, and we know it'll be like that. There's a sign there. It says, uh, he is not here, for he is risen. So we praise God for that. So we say Friday, Sunday's coming. Uh, at our church, we say it's Sunday, but Friday's coming. And today, I actually want us to talk about, what about Thursday. And so that is the Passover Seder, and, and we call it the Last Supper. Uh, maybe our, our image of, of it is, is this. We, we see uh, renditions of this picture all over the place, and, and we have the disciples kind of just hanging out there and, and, and um, having this meal uh, with Jesus. So I want to give us a little background. Uh, we're going to jump around the New Testament, the Old Testament, and really kind of get an understanding of this. So can you uh, just go with me? Let's, let's look in uh, the book of Luke. Chapter 22. I'm not sure if a lot of people make the connection, but when when Jesus was actually sitting here at the table with his disciples, uh, he's celebrating, he's observing something that Jewish people did all the way from back, all the way back in Old Testament times, the Passover. And, uh, and Passover is actually talked about in a lot of Jewish holidays, you don't have to turn there, are, are in Leviticus 23. And, and it says, uh, and I'll just go there real quick. Uh, it says in 23, Leviticus 23 verse 4, it says, These are the appointed feasts of the Lord, the holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the, time, at the appointed time for them. In the first month on the 14th day of the month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And then the next day, on the 15th day, is, is uh, something called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And, and basically what we have is two holidays that are mixed together. All right, We have Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that is why for, for eight days um, we eat uh, this matzah, this unleavened bread. And we'll talk about that in a second. But if you look in uh, Luke 22, verse 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus, he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare for us the the Passover that we may eat it. And so they said to him, where will you have us prepare it? Remember, they're all from Galilee. 
So he said, Behold, when you have entered the city, there's a man carrying a jar of water. He'll meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. In verse 14, it says, The hour came, and he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus knew this moment was coming, and this is a picture that started way back in Exodus, and we'll get to that even in a second. But he says, I earnestly, I wanted to do this, because there's some things I need to talk to you about tonight. So he says in verse 16, For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this, divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, this is basically the Passover Seder, and we're going to break it down, and we're actually going to kind of talk about it. Uh, let's, let's look at Exodus chapter 12, and this is where we actually read when, when Passover was actually uh, first instituted. So the context for this is, remember, Israel is in Egypt. They've been enslaved, and God sends them a deliverer named Moses. Moses goes to this king of Egypt, the Pharaoh. And says, let my people go. How many times did it take for him to get that message across? Ten, right? Sends the ten plagues. And in Exodus chapter 12, uh, there's instructions. And this is the night before their exodus. In chapter 12, verse 5, it says that they need to prepare a lamb. It says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. And you can take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. And then they shall take the blood and they shall put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. And they shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire. With unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted with its head and legs and inner parts. They ate everything. In verse 11 it says, In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will Pesach, pass over. I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And then we know, if we keep reading in, in chapter 12 and even in 13, that that night, around midnight, the angel of death comes through, and wherever the blood was, on the doorpost or on the lintel, says the angel of death would pass over those houses. And so that word, Passover, is just from the Hebrew word Pesach, it just means Passover. And, and those who would be in there, the firstborn, uh, would be saved. So this is where we originally read about this. And it, it's interesting and it's important to know that there's this system of atonement and offering and sacrifice that is established in the Old Testament that gets carried all the way into uh, the New Testament. But even before that, we have in Isaiah 53. Can we go to Isaiah 53 real quick? 
um, we read, and this is probably one of the most uh, influential chapters in my life, just talking about this prophecy of, of Jesus who would come and be stricken. Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers silent, so he opened not his mouth. And if we even look ahead in John chapter 1, verse 29, I think it says, uh, when, when Jesus goes and he wants to be baptized by John the Baptist, John the Baptist makes this declaration. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so that is all at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And then we want to fast forward um, to the end. And so this is the night before, and we have uh, this Passover Seder. And Jesus is sitting with his disciples, and and they take part in this meal. Um, So there are some things... Um, that happened. And actually, even when I was driving around in Israel last week, uh, there's signs all over uh, like the, the electrical poles. You see them all over the place. And it's something you guys are actually going to be doing, I think, in a week or so, spring cleaning. This is actually something that the Jewish people brought to you. You can thank us for that. My, my mother loved this. And, and we would actually do this in, in our homes. Uh, there would be a search for leaven. We would actually go through our entire house. I did this growing up, clean everything out. But one thing that we really wanted to focus on was we had to get rid of all of the leaven in our house. So sometimes we knew it was coming and we would just have like the leaven fest. We would just eat every piece of leaven in the home, you know, all the bread, all the cereals that had leaven in it. Uh, anything leaven is, is yeast, right? And so we would go through and take it all out and, and then we'd bring in the matzah, which is not nearly as good. Although we just found this week there's chocolate covered matzah, which is going <laughs> to, it's good. It's going to get my wife through the next uh, eight days or whatever that starts. So, uh, so it, it's good. Thank God for like the Food Network, Food TV, because there's all kinds of recipes now that we can do. Um, but Paul actually talks about this. In, in 1 Corinthians 5, he says, your boasting is not good. This is in the context of sexual sin in the church. And, and he, he likens this. Uh, this word leaven is uh, talked about uh, as, as sin. So he says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that just a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Messiah, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. So therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with the old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So he's basically saying, you know, we as believers, as Christians, we do not want to just celebrate Passover for one week, but this is our entire life that we need to be cleansing out this leaven. We want to live lives without sin. And so this is a reminder for us. When we get to spring and you start t- talking about spring cleaning, we want to do the same thing with our hearts. And we need to be doing that uh, even every day. So uh, we should all celebrate this. Now there's a couple of elements, and I have some stuff here uh, that, that are important for uh, Passover. 
Um, we'll actually, I, I want to show you, there's, there's basically three things. And uh, first one is, uh, this is a, a matzatosh. Say matzatosh. It's, it, it basically, it means the unity. And it's, it's interesting, we'll get into this in a little bit. Uh, there's three uh, compartments, okay? This is one of the elements, and in each one of those I have a piece of matzah. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, there's also a Haggadah, and uh, this just basically means uh, uh, an order. There's an actual order. There's certain elements that we have to go through when we go through a Passover Seder. Uh, actually, Seder means, means order as well, and it's, it's, this is just basically uh, a guidebook for, for going through and telling the Passover story. And then the last thing, and I can't lift it up because it will fall down, is the Seder plate, but you'll have to take my word for it. It's right here. And on there we have uh, a couple of elements. There's a, a few of them. And uh, here are the elements. We have uh, parsley. You all know what that is, right? Green. Uh, there's salt water. Bitter herbs, which is uh, the horseradish. Uh, there's a, a shank bone from a lamb. And uh, a roasted egg. Well, Tom told me it's not roasted, it's not brown. I'm sorry, we'll work on that for next time. And then there's this stuff that we kind of affectionately call, it looks like dog food, uh, but it's, uh, it's corrosive. And it's just a basic, it's, it's a mixture of apples and nuts and honey and a little grape juice, and it actually is deceivingly really good. It doesn't look like it, but it, it's great. Um, so these are, are the different uh, elements that we have. And I love uh, this Jewish culture because everything's symbolic. There's pictures, and even growing up, uh, in, in a messianic home and we did the Passover there was these great things that we got to go through and uh, kind of talk through and, and all of these things would be symbolic and they point to um, Jesus Christ and the important thing that I want you to know is that Jewish families all over the world celebrate Passover and they do all of the same elements the stuff that I'm going to show you this morning and they're missing Jesus in it they do it, and, and they don't understand why they do some of the things they do. And a lot of times when we see Jewish people come to know the Lord, and they become believers, and they go through Passover, it's like this big light bulb, like, I did this for all these years, and I had no idea why I did it. So, uh, first thing that we have is, uh, is uh, grape juice or wine, and there's actually four cups. And uh, each cup has a different name. The first cup is uh, the cup of sanctification. And this is just a process. It's just a time in the first cup we want to just pause, remember that we want to be set apart, sanctified, and uh, just uh, a time to just kind of uh, cleanse our hearts. And, and actually one thing that takes place right after we uh, take this first one is, is the washing of the hands. And we actually believe it was at this point uh, in, in the Seder where, where Jesus sat down with his disciples and, and he actually he stood up and he says he tied a towel around his waist and he took a, a, a basin of water and he washed their feet. You remember this? And uh, they, they had uh, dirty feet. They had sandals running around dirty streets in Jerusalem. And uh, it says during the supper when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he knew this was his time to come, says... Uh, he rose from supper and he laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel, tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, 
If I do not wash you, then you have no part with me. And so Peter says, um, Lord, then not only my feet, but also my hands and head, wash all of me. And then Jesus said, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and that is why he said, not all of you are clean. So we have this picture, even as we wash our hands today and we go through the, the Seder, we go through these elements, we know that Jesus walked around at this meal and, and he washed his disciples' feet. Um, and then we have just some of these elements. I just want to show you. Uh, the first one is uh, the parsley. And we take this parsley and it's, it's to remind us of a couple things. The first one is that it reminds us of springtime. This is the time when the exodus occurred out of Egypt. Uh, but the other thing that we remi we're reminded of is uh, this reminds us of a sponge-like plant that you can find in Israel called hyssop. And it was believed that they, they took this plant and after the lamb was slain, they dipped the plant into the, the blood of the lamb and they would wipe it on the doorposts and the lintels of the, of the doors, the, the house. And so we, we take this and we actually dip it in the salt water. And the salt water is uh, to remind us of the tears shed in, Israel, in, in Egypt and, and the Red Sea, both of those things are salty. So we do that, and we dip it, and we say a blessing, we say a prayer, and uh, we continue. So that's, that's the purpose of the, the parsley. Uh, and then we have uh, the breaking of the, the middle piece of matzah. And so we, we go here to this matzah tosh, and there's three compartments. And a lot of times you'll have kids sitting at the Seder, right? And they are asking all kinds of questions. Uh, why are we doing this? What's going on? And typically, in a, in a Jewish household, there'll be one of three answers. The first one is, when, when a kid asks why, parents would say, number one, I don't know. Number two, they'd say, tradition. Or number three, you're asking too many questions. <laughs> All right? But what, what would happen, there's three sections. Every Jewish home does this. The father will stand up. He pulls out the middle piece of matzah. Without saying a word, he breaks it. And he takes that piece and says that he wraps it in white linen. Remember, this is done at the first cup. He takes it, wraps that piece, breaks it, wraps it in white linen, and then hides it. And later on, the kids look for it. It's brought back at the third cup. Now, Jewish people have argued and they talk about, well, what, why is there three? Now, there are certain elements of Passover that were actually talked about and, and instituted way back in Exodus. But we believe that after Jesus uh, was here on earth and he died and he rose again, that, that the disciples would add certain things to the, to the Seder meal. And so there's traditions that have built up over the last 2,000 years. Uh, so Jewish people, they argue, what are those three compartments? So some would say... It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Makes sense. It's Jewish. They were Jewish. They're the patriarchs. But if that's the case, then it doesn't make any sense. Why would we take out Isaac and break him, wrap him, and bring him back later? Or some people say that the three compartments are symbolic of the high priests, the Levites, and Kol Yisrael, which is the, the, the people of Israel. But if that's the case, then why are we taking out the Levites and breaking them and Hiding them, it doesn't make any sense. For those of us who are believers, we have different explanation, different understanding. Uh, we know, and I believe, 
is that that matzatash is symbolic of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is a picture for us that we take out the middle one. We take Jesus and his body was broken on that first day. Three days later, he comes back. Jewish families do this all over the world without a word, without an explanation. If the kids say, why are we doing this? You're asking too many questions. But we have a different explanation. We have, we have God has enlightened our eyes. Uh, one of the other things that, that happens is, is the telling of the story. And I basically told you the story. We know the story of the Exodus, the story of the Passover. But remember the Jewish people, they were in Egypt 400 years. God sent them to deliver. Said, let my people go. It took 10 times. Pharaoh finally said, go. They went through the Red Sea. The Egyptians were crushed in the Red Sea. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Kind of amazing. Wandered in that wilderness for 40 years. At one point, they were actually as close as 11 miles away. Wandering in the wilderness, never got to that promised land until 40 years later. And then God brought them into their land. And that, that is the story. And the story is usually prompted by a child who will ask something uh, that, that's kind of popular. Is, is We call it the four questions. And little kids, you know, they're observant and they're wondering. They, they ask these questions like, why is this night different from all other nights? On, on some nights we, we uh, sit up and tonight we're reclining as we eat. Or on other nights, we, uh, we, we dip vegetables once. Why do we do it tonight twice? Uh, on other nights, we eat bread with leaven. Why tonight are we eating unleavened bread? And so these questions, and kids are all, I have a three-year-old, trust me, we are at question phase right now. Everything's why? And he says, why is that car white? And why is that car red? <laughs> but kids ask these questions. And so that forces us, we have to explain. So we tell uh, the story. Part of that story is, uh, is those ten plagues. And, and so these are, are them up there, the blood, the frogs, the vermin, flies, pestilence, so on, all the way down to the slaying of the firstborn. Um, then we take a second cup, and that second cup is actually called uh, the cup of plagues. And we do that to, to remember uh, the plagues, but it, it does say in, in Jewish thought that every cup is, uh, is a cup of joy. And when you drink it, uh, you're supposed to be uh, kind of filled with, with the joy of the Lord. Uh, actually, traditional, a, a while back, but really traditional Orthodox families will do the entire Passover Seder in Hebrew, and it'll go for four hours. Okay, this is the one time of the year that the kids could have a little sip of the wine. By the, at the beginning, they're running around crazy. By the end of it, they're all passed out. <laughs> and, uh, and so these days, uh, you know, it, it actually kind of, depending on what kind of sect of, of Judaism you're part of, uh, there there just be different explanations for it. Maybe do a couple things. Uh, and in some families, they just say, you have the Haggadah? Good, let's eat. And that's it. So there's just kind of a, a random you know, s- spread of how people celebrate this holiday. Um, but they take the, the, the cup of plagues. And uh, we can't take this in full joy because uh, we remember uh, the plagues, but we also remember the Egyptians that died in the Red Sea. So our joy is diminished. Because we had freedom, that is a great thing. But the Egyptians who had to die, uh, it, we, that, that's not a good thing, obviously. So what we do is our joy is diminished. And we do it even uh, as a result of, of these plagues. Um, what tradition says is that we're supposed to pour out uh, uh, ten little drops of, of, uh, of the, the wine, the grape juice. Jewish mothers would freak out if you started to try and pour ten little drops out. So what we came up with this tradition is you take your pinky and you dip it 
on a finger, and Jewish mothers are much happier because they just clean the house. So that is, uh, that's what we call the cup of plagues. And uh, if we just advance uh, maybe the next two because this thing's not helping me. One more. There we go. Um, then we talk about matzah. And we all have a plate of matzah. And it's interesting because this is a picture. And I saw your communion. We'll be able to take communion this morning. And we do this as a remembrance. But even this is a picture for us. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting how they make this. But there's a couple things as you observe it. Um, one thing is that it's pierced. In Zechariah 12, it says that they will look on him whom they have pierced. And they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And uh, in Isaiah 53, it says, By his stripes we are healed. So even as we look at this, this cracker, um, I want you to remember that this is, and it's a great picture for us, uh, of, of his body. And then even in uh, Psalm 22, uh, there's a, a, a psalm of David that uh, accurately describes a crucifixion 800 years. This was written uh, 1,000 years even before Jesus was uh, alive on this earth. And even 800 years before crucifixion became a, a method of punishment. Um, but it says in Psalm 22, verse 16, it says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. It says, I can count all of my bones. We know his bones were not broken. They stare and glow over me, and they divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. This is a prophecy um, talking about Jesus' death. Remember, 800 years before crucifixion was even on the scene. So when we do this and when we take communion, we remember we, we hold up that bread and it's a picture for us to remember Jesus' death. He was pierced and it was by his stripes that, that we are healed. Another uh, element is, uh, there we go, is uh, something we call moror, uh, which is horseradish. Has anyone ever had horseradish before? Usually with prime rib. We call it, there's two grades of horseradish. One is just kind of, it's the normal stuff, and then there's stuff that we call atomic. And uh, I did a Seder one time, and we always, all, all the Jewish people, when we go to Seders, we, we, we test out the horseradish to see if it's atomic or not, because I've done some, and there's people who will eat this for the first time and almost die. I remember when I was about eight years old, uh, there's a, a friend of my dad's, and I sat next to him at a Passover Seder, and he took this huge piece of uh, matzah and then threw a big lob. This is before I knew any better. Big glob of horseradish. I said, I dare you to eat it. And I'm just, I'm dumb kid. I didn't know what I was doing. So I took it and I ate it. And I, my face was on fire, tears. Everything was just, I, I just ran for water, put my head under water. And that's the reaction sometimes we get when we see people do this. Uh, the maror, the, this horseradish is to remind us of a couple things. Number one, it should bring a tear to your eyes. And we say, if you take it and you don't have that tear in your eyes, then you didn't take enough. So we want to do that. And that reminds us of the tears uh, the suffering in Egypt. And the other thing it does is it clears your sinuses. So it's, if you're having a little bit of a cold or something like that, it's, it's really helpful. Uh, and then I told you uh, that we have the kurosit, uh, which just reminds us uh, of the mortar that was used in the bricks as they were building. Uh, huh, well, this is the kurosit. Um, and then we also have a couple other things. There's a roasted egg, and this is symbolic of a... Uh, of a, uh, a temple ritual 
that would happen. Uh, it was a sacrifice uh, that's no longer done anymore, obviously, since the temple's not in existence. But this also, this is not an Easter egg, okay? Uh, this is a, an egg that just even reminds us that our, our messianic meaning for this today is that this is uh, to remind us of new life uh, that, that, that would come. And then the last one uh, that we have here on, on the, the table is the shank bone. And uh, typically, Jewish people, we do not eat lamb, uh, but we do have this symbolically here to remember uh, the lamb that was slain, and that was Jesus Christ, uh, who was that lamb. So, uh, these are some of the, the different elements, and, and what I want us to do is we're actually going to take uh, a little bit of time right now, and I'm going to have the elders come up, and we're going we're gonna to take communion, and we're going to just take the elements for right now, and uh, we're going to have a song and, and what I want us to do during this time is just hold it and look, look at that, that piece of matzah that was pierced and the, the, there's stripes on it. And we want to remember, and we, we, we're going to take uh, the juice and, and we're going to remember his blood that was poured out. But I want us to take the elements and I want to, I want to show you something that, that was very interesting, something that happened um, during uh, this Passover Seder. And I, I want it to maybe even bring uh, new meaning for you as we talk about communion. So let's just take a moment, let's pray, and we'll receive the elements, and uh, in a moment we'll actually take them. God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he was the perfect lamb that was slain for our atonement, for our sins to be cleansed. And Lord, uh, this morning as we take these and we look at this cracker that, that's pierced and has these stripes, Lord, we want to remember. And Lord, even as we, we hold this cup, as we receive these elements this morning, Lord, we want to remember, we want to look back. So Lord, as we do this, let's, we, want to, we want to come before you, uh, Lord, that you would purify our hearts right now, that we would uh, seek you in, in all of these things, Lord. So just... We ask that you would uh, just give us this time that we might be able to focus on you and your death for us. In your name. Amen. We remember this, right? We, uh, we talked about at the first cup, they would take that matzotash, they'd take out that middle piece. It was broken. It was wrapped in a white linen cloth. It was hidden. Uh, halfway point during the Seder uh, the kids uh, would during the meal go around and search they would search for this, this piece of matzah and uh, it's called the afikomen which just means it's a Greek word that, that means dessert or that which comes afterwards and they would find it and the leader of the Seder would say has anybody found the afikomen, the, the bread that was wrapped. And the kid who found it would come up. And uh, it had to be bought with a price. Uh, the kid would not just come up and, and give it to the leader of the Seder. He'd say, how much? Uh, I remember when I was a kid, we used to get like a quarter for it. <laughs> During the 80s, I know kids that were getting Cabbage Patch dolls. I've even heard of people getting Yankees tickets for this. But the point is that this had to be bought with a price. And 
And so they take this, and after it's bought, um, remember, this was done on the first cup. The third cup is, is the cup of redemption. And it was at that point that Jesus stopped and he looked at his disciples and he took that, that piece of bread and it was broken. It says in Luke, it says he took the bread and he gave thanks. And uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew says this too. And we actually have a, a Jewish prayer for that. And uh, that, that's, that's what he meant by give, giving thanks. There was actually a blessing that we say even today. It just means, blessed are you, Lord our God. You are the king of the universe. And we thank you for being that bread from the earth. And uh, it's, it's even interesting that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. It's interesting that Jesus was born in a little town called Bethlehem, which is made up of two Hebrew words, Beit Lechem. House of bread. That the bread of life would be born in the place called House of Bread. He would later say, I am the bread of life. And he says, This, whenever you do this, he says, This is my body. And it's given for you. Remember, the next day, his body would be broken as an atonement for them, as an atonement for us. He says, When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And it was at that point. The disciples probably looked at him in awe and wonder. They had celebrated Passover their entire lives. And there's new meaning. So let's do this and do it in remembrance of him. Like I said, there's, there's four cups. In the Passover Seder, this is the third cup. It's the cup of redemption says in the same way in Luke he took the cup after they had eaten the bread and he said this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood and then he says something amazing too he says I will not take of this cup again until we're in glory and he's referring to uh, we read later on in Revelation 19 Revelation 19 talks about the marriage supper of the lamb still called the lamb he says, I will not take this cup again until we can celebrate this together in heaven, the marriage supper of the land. And he, lamb. And he says, when we do this, when you take this, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So let's do that now. Can I just pray? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, thank you that we have atonement for our sins. Thank you that we have this just amazing picture of your life and your body broken for us, Lord, so that we uh, can, can have forgiveness. And Lord, even as we start off uh, today, and today is, is Palm Sunday, God, we look expectantly to Friday, Good Friday where you hung on a tree as prophecy had predicted you fulfilled that Lord and you died as an atonement for us but death could not hold you down and you beat the power of death and you rose again three days later Lord as we go through this week we want to remember this sacrifice we love you Lord thank you for this time that we might be able to worship you 
and to just remember this great sacrifice for each of us that our eternity is secure in you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. There's a, a last cup. It's called the cup of praise and that's where we all praise God. There's actually, uh, we read through a few of the Psalms. Psalms 113 through 118. They're the Psalms of praise. And uh, then we end the Seder and uh, we say something called Lashana Haba'ah B'Yerushalayim. And that just means next year, may we do this in Jerusalem, in even looking forward to the new Jerusalem. So this is it. And as we go through this week, I just want to ask you, as you think about this. Yes, today's Palm Sunday. Yes, Friday's coming. Let's think about Thursday. And even as a family, like just take, a time, take the time, even Thursday night, to just read through some of these passages that we went through uh, this morning and, and to just talk about it. And remember that, that Jesus celebrated uh, this, this holiday known as Passover and this is just a great picture of atonement and his life given for us. So let's do that in remembrance of him this week. Let me just close with one more prayer and we will uh, have our elders come up. Lord, thank you for this time together this morning. Let's pray that you would just impact our hearts and our lives, Lord, that we would remember you uh, in the process of this week, Lord, that we would uh, just acknowledge you as our king. Lord, help us to not be fickle like the crowds were that praised you on Sunday and said, Lord, save us. And few days later said crucify Lord help us to be faithful to remember you in all in your name hey if you've been blessed in any way by today's broadcast we'd love to hear from you why don't you drop us a line at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org and you can email any one of the staff members that are there or you can even call us at area code 951-676-2911 we just pray that you've been touched today And we pray that God blesses you in your walk with Him. Have a great day in the Lord.